Hello and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. This is uh, episode 41 of the podcast. Uh, the fights have still keep going. Still keep going. We had some great fights on Friday, uh, the one championship. We had some great fights today, the UFC. You know, the, the cards haven't been like, there haven't been a bunch of superstars and stuff like that, but I feel like the, the sort of nowhere name, mid-level people are just killing it. Right? Like it just seems like MMA's been killing it. No like superstars like Connor hasn't fought, John Jones hasn't fought, you know, but it just feels like every week these undercards and these like mid tier fighter mid card guys are just killing it. But it's um it's giving people a chance to make a name for themselves as well. Like you're hearing about guys that perhaps you didn't know before, like today, uh, the guy for St. Pru. Yeah, um, the guy that fought OSP. Yeah, Jam- Jamal Hill, like he put on a show and now everyone wants to see him again. So people how, are taking the opportunity. And as how well, about Marvin awesome. Vittori? I yeah, mean, he looks yeah. like a straight-up stud. He fought, he fought Stylebender to a split decision. It's Stylebender's, like, closest fight. That and Gastelum were the closest fights of his career. And Vittori's only, like, 26, 27. Let's have a look. Italian guy, something like that. Fought in the main event. And he wasn't supposed to get the fight. It was supposed to be Kevin Holland. And then he slips into the main event and uh, puts on a show. The guy went to a split decision with Stylebender. Young Italian guy. Yeah, 27. 27 years old. I mean, Not bad. I think we got one. <laughs> Yep. I think we got one, man. You start to see this young kid. Anyway, I don't want to get too far ahead because I feel like before we can move forward, we need to go backward a little bit. For those of you that listened to last week's podcast, I apologize because uh, it's, it got very, very badly out of hand. It got to the point... Okay, so... Oh, Christ, where do we even, where do we even start with this? Okay, so I'd mentioned on the podcast already that we'd had a lot to drink. And uh, me and Jake were... Keeping it together for the most part. Jake kept it together. I, I was fine. I went home. You had a couple big yeah. shots though, but you were for sure kept it the most. Kept it together well, the most. I, I tell you what, I, I finished up with half a cup of vodka because they were pouring me shots and I was just pretending to drink it. Oh, you so see, I, I didn't I did, pretend. I was like, <laughs> that, was, that was where you were smart. I didn't pretend. I drank that damn thing, and uh, literally half glasses. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, here's a shot, and then it must have been four shots at least. And so by the end of the podcast, I was, I was slurring my speech so bad. And so the, the podcast that you all saw was half of what we recorded. What I released was half of what I recorded. The second half, I listened to it and I was just like, I can't put this out in good consciousness because it was so sloppy. We had a great time. It's and, fun. and I'm still thinking of releasing it, but Jake had a great idea that maybe we do it like end of the earth. You know, if people want to see it, like I guess... We could do like a gag reel or something, but there was some funny content in there. We sh- we talked about that freak show fight. Jake, can you pull that up real quick? Just the uh, just the image of it, because I'm sure a lot of people that are uh, are listening to this podcast probably saw this. It was in Russia. It was this 200 over kilo guy, 500 something pound guy fighting a 135 pound girl, and uh, this crazy fucking freak show fight in Russia. And when we came back from the recording so we recorded half the podcast and then we came back afterward and the second half was when everything started to hit me (laughs) right that was when all those three four shots that we took started to hit me and right at that point the second half of the podcast is where we started talking about the freak show fights and this is one of them. Can you pull up at least he, the... He's so dodgy, the, the fights actually disappeared from the internet. But there must be like images, a couple still images, just so you can see the girl and the guy. I'm sure if people saw, 
you know, it's this big, fat, white Russian dude and this little tiny 130-pound, 135-pound girl fought in Russia, of course. And, uh, you know, the, I saw a bunch of memes going around and I saw a bunch of people sharing it. So if you, yeah, 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 that's it right there. Just pull that up. I mean, look at that. Look at that. For those of you that are listening to this, I mean, this boy's thick. Russian Pillsbury Doughboy, like 220 kilos? Yeah, I think he's 220, can't remember. But big, big, big fella. And so intergender, right? Girl fighting a guy. And then the girl just beat this dude's ass. He tried to lay on her a couple times. He tried to like get her, he got her in the front headlock and kind of sprawled out and tried to lay on her and stuff. And it was ridiculous. But then she kind of just slapped back, uh, fell back and then got on top of him and started punching him. And he was so fat, he just couldn't, he couldn't get up. <laughs> he's like a beetle like his back is like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, and he's like trying to move, but like his torso is longer than his body. So he's just kind of like flopping around, just getting hit in the face. And the girl ended up winning it. And uh, I thought it was pretty funny because I was wasted trying to break this fight down, right? And so, you know, maybe there's some value in that content. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know where I want to go with this channel. So <laughs> we've already been denied the ad revenue one time for some offensive stuff that I apparently said. I don't even know. Just, uh, just keep it up. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And, and, more, more, more women beating. That's what the internet yeah, that's what got me, That's what got me in trouble, I think. <laughs> even though, it's, I mean, I assume that's what it was. Jake thinks because we, we made the podcast and I called it an episode of The Wife Beating Chronicles. And I did the podcast with my wife, right? With Charmaine. And, uh, of course, the whole thing is a joke. We're explaining where this story came from. And it's just us talking and making jokes about the fact that we train together. And we spar together. And we punch and kick each other. And then she put up a picture the other day. Can you go to Charmaine's Instagram? She put up a uh, – posted a picture yesterday of us rolling together. And then hashtagged it, husband beating chronicles. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like we'll only get – removed from YouTube or have the ad revenue taken if it's wife beating Chronicles. I'm pretty sure husband beating Chronicles is okay. Yeah, husband beating is fine. That's not a problem. Is That's that sexist. One? That's sexist. I'm reporting there you, you Jake. <laughs> so, yeah, what's her... What's her <laughs> look at her. What's her... What's her thing husband, hashtag husband beating Chronicles. See? So that's good. See? This Equality. is sexist. Sex... Kick Charmaine off the internet, Instagram. You can't joke about that. There are real husband beaters out there. No, you cannot joke about that. <laughs> anyway, so I forgot where I, I lost my train of thought. Oh right, so uh, no, what? Yeah, so I'm last week. Oh right, okay, I'm back. I've so got a last photo week, that will refresh your memory. Yes, okay. So last week, just to show you how drunk we were when we were recording this podcast, uh, and just to let you know, Jake and I kept it together. We finished the podcast. We 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 struck the set. We took down everything. Mostly everything went where it belonged. And we managed to get out in one piece, even though I was pretty hazy. But let's first, shall we talk about Charmaine? If you're listening to this podcast, do me a favor and put on the YouTube version. Because if you want to see my wife curled up, sleeping on a bunch of kettlebells, that's what you're about to see. Pull that up. Look at this. So there, <laughs> so there she is. My wife just went into the back and passed out. Is she laying on a kettlebell? I think she's using a kettlebell for a pillow there. So. <laughs> So she passed out in the back room in like the storage area at the gym. Keep it up there for a second. <laughs> she passed out in the storage area. Now, just I'd like everybody to note, there's a bed right next to her. That, see that? Uh, see that? This thing here? That, like, yeah, exactly. That, I don't know what fucking color that is. A blue-ish, greenish, turquoise type color thing. That is a mattress. Okay? And she, it's a couch. It's a futon. It rolls out. But she could have just 
easily fallen asleep there, but instead chose kettlebells. <laughs> so that's how she ended up. And then the next picture is her and Vlad beforehand. Oh, sorry, before this, when they were still somewhat conscious, but barely keeping it together. And there they are. So Charmaine's still smiling at this point. This is before she had her kettlebell nap. <laughs> and Vlad is head down, passed out. And, uh, you know, a lot of fun, a lot, lot of fun. fun. So Jake and I are drinking light beer today because we needed to keep it together. So that way this podcast was of quality. Now you may think, Oh, Luke, did you learn nothing from this experience? And the answer is yes. I learned nothing because I did the same thing two days later. It was even worse than this one. We were sitting here and it was Vlad's last day, uh, at the gym and we're sitting here and he's got to go uh, the next day he's leaving. And so he wants to just, we're sitting here drinking after training, right? Yeah. We rolled for an hour. Like we rolled for an hour straight. Were you here that night? No, I was. Right. That was, oh, no, that I was, was but no, I was, but I did no gi then I left. Right. You left early. Yeah. So we stayed on after we rolled like the whole, the whole next hour. Yeah. And then afterward, you know, they were like, everybody knew it was Vlad's last day. So we were like, okay, let's get some drinks. Let's get some food. And we will just have him in the gym because we can't go out. Mm. Right. So there were a few people here and we Five just. Five people here. Yeah. So we just. Exactly. Exactly. And so we brought it here and some food and some drinks and stuff and had it inside the gym. And then it turned to like 11 and then it turned to 12. And then did you know, Singapore, that you can order grab alcohol after 1030? Did you know that? I did not know that. I thought that was... No, nobody knows that. I didn't know that. I, I know you can order alcohol 24 hours. I just thought that was highly shonky and illegal. Yeah, I thought... Well, I don't know if what I did was... I assume it was legal. I mean, Grab delivered it, so I, I can't be... I don't know. So we decided at like 12 or 1. Someone knew that, and I didn't know that, so we tried to put in an order for Grab. Or I don't, was it Grab or... I think it was Grab something. But anyway, they, yeah. de they delivered the alcohol here. And so we got like 10 of those tall beers. And then me, Charmaine, Vlad, and Misha sat here and drank until 6 in the morning. We ordered 10 more beers. And this is where the story gets crazy, right? I haven't even begun. So we're sitting here till 6 o'clock in the morning uh, drinking with them. My friend got the other Russian guy that I may have named, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> we'll call him the other Russian guy. And uh, so... We're all about to leave, right? 5.30 in the morning, something like that. We're all super drunk. He called a grab already, right? So I see him walking just around the corner here, right? I see him, and the, the car park is literally right there. He has to go through it, right? So we sit here. We drink for maybe five more minutes. I go outside because we booked our cab, and I see a second cab sitting there. And it's 6 a.m. or 5.30 in the morning or something like that. So I'm like, what? Who's getting a grab here at this time other than us? Yeah. Right? Didn't think anything of it. The next day, I wake up. I send my friend a message. And I'm like, man, last night was crazy. I don't remember anything. How are you? And he's like, are you home? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean am I home? Are you home? And he goes, no, man. I slept on the sidewalk until like whatever time, 10 o'clock. And then my <laughs> wife had to come rescue me. I lost my wallet. All this kind of stuff happened. He had to replace his whole wallet, everything. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? But for people who don't live in Singapore as well, like that's not... I know the rest of the world, people regularly fall asleep on a sidewalk piss, but that's very unusual. I, it's extremely unusual. And I saw him leave, and somehow he didn't get in his cab. I guess he decided he was going to walk home. He lives in Bukit Panjang, right? I mean, he's got... That's a long-ass walk. I don't know what his master plan was, right? Hilarious. It's so funny. And I felt so bad because he lost his wallet. I mean, we were having a great time, right? But I just thought, 
At what point did you make the decision to just walk home? Yeah. <laughs> and then end up, I don't know what, how long he was there. His phone worked. And then he called his, his wife and God rest her soul, she saved him. And I suspect he may have gotten in a little bit of trouble when he came home. But, uh, you know, me and Charmaine got home at like 6.30 or something. We slept until 2. And then came in the whole day. We're just wrecked and just bleh, you know. But then I put that picture of uh, me and Vlad up right before. You throw that up real quick, uh, Jake, the, on my Instagram. It was a picture of uh, oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. me and Vlad, legend. I'll see him soon. Put it up on the main screen there. Sorry, just got to find it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Three seconds. Oh, that's the one. But anyway, so both of these, yeah, yeah, yeah. So both of these incidents happened with him, with uh, the one last week at the podcast, and then last, uh, whatever that was, Sunday night or something like that. So if you want, the <laughs> point of the story is, if you want that sloppy-ass second half of the podcast, leave it in the comments. I'll put it out if you guys want it. It may very well get me kicked off of YouTube, but I'll, you know, I'll throw it the, out there. The highlight is that how the podcast actually finished was Charmaine tripped over all the electronic equipment and everything down. We're like, oh, well, we finished then. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> the end. And it was, you know? And then you see how Charmaine finished. Okay, that's enough of the nonsense. This podcast is not about nonsense. This is about martial arts and fucking people up. So... Let's go to the one. You want to do the one first? Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Uh, I'll bring the card up. So the one, if you did not see the one, it was incredible. There was, first of all, one kickboxing. One kickboxing is amazing. The one featherweight, in particular, the featherweight division, whoo doggy. Now that Andy Sauer is in that division, first of all, 38 years old, but he kicked ass. And then you think of Giorgio Petrosian's in that division and all the guys that fought Sammy Sauna. They did that whole tournament. Uh, Uh... it's just amazing. The kickboxing is amazing. And uh, the heavyweight kickboxing. Did you watch any of those fights? Did you manage to catch? I only saw uh, the top two fights on the court. So the Gregorian uh, Kondoret. Uh. The Russian guy. <laughs> the what, Russian Kondo, fella. Kondo or something like that? Yeah, something that, that, Kondo- that's probably right. Yeah. Um, so can, can you pull it up again? I want to actually see the name. Chart. Yeah. yeah. Do my damnedest to, to say Go on. That. You can say those words. Can you zoom in a bit? Can't. You've got a little. Cannot. Okay. No, it's not letting me. Kondrydev. Kondrydev or something. Oh, there you go. Ah, there we go. So Marat Gregorian and Ivan Kondrydev. Yeah, so it's Russia versus Armenia. These boys fought. That uh, Gregorian guy, I mean, he's a top contender in the world. I think he was undefeated going into this fight. And Yeah, they said he was undefeated going into the fight. And that Russian dude brought the heat. He was throwing, like, body shots, digging the body. Like, man, you do not want to be on the opposite side of that. And that Marat guy just stood in the pocket, stood in the pocket, took, was throwing back the whole time, undefeated. He got dropped in the first round. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, shit, because this guy's like the top prospect in the division, right? He's the top pro- undefeated. And then uh, uh, and Kondrata was just throwing body shots, digging hard, low kicks. And Marat was answering back but hadn't really landed anything clean. Then he hit him with a liver shot up against the fence. You can probably pull one championship's uh, Instagram up. I think they had the short clip. Uh, hit him with a liver shot. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when you throw body shots, I tell my students all the time, 80% of your body shots should be to the solar plexus or the liver. Okay? And uh, because that shuts you down. And this is the thing that makes it so sadistic when you see it, right? Is that when you get hit with those body shots, your whole body, if you get hit right at the right timing in the right place, your whole body just convulses and you shell up and you suck in. And it's like you're, you can't open up, right? It just shuts you down. But you're totally conscious 
Unlike if you get knocked out. So the time going off, one, two, you hear all of it. All of the people, your quarter, get up, get up, get up. People cheering in the background, you're just, and you hear it and it's like seven, eight, and you're trying and your body just will not uncork. Yeah, he- It just won't. And you're totally aware that everything depends on you getting to your feet. And he's like top contender. He was winning the fight and you just, he just can't. Totally conscious, can't get to his feet. You, you saw him on about the seven count and he, and he sort of tried uncurling. Yeah. And just went back in that Because like, your nah, body just, me. it won't unlock. It just, you get into this fetal position where you get, it's like a deep cramp where you just can't, you know, you get those cramps in your stomach that just drop you, Yeah. right? Like you just, your body kind of convulses and you bring your head toward your knees and you kind of suck in. It's like that, but you can't, un- you can't open up, right? So you have the-, the Yeah, do you want the sequence? Yeah. Let me just uh, let it wind through. Yeah, I put it on right on at the beginning so there's no spoiler. Here so watch this, here we go. Look at that, boom, just that little glancing liver shot. Little glancing liver shot and he collapses down. Watch how he just catches it at the end. Boom! That looked like it was actually to the solar plex maybe. I mean the left hook to the body though. That's the one you want to go throw against. Oh! Man. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah, so that was crazy. Yeah. And by the way, that guy, that Russian guy had thrown at least 20 of those. But it's all about the timing, the placement, the accuracy. Right, and just the one that Marat threw, boom, just can't, can't uncork. Now we can, we can segue that a little bit into the UFC and keep this thematic, if you'd like. Do you have that uh, southpaw knee to the body finish from the UFC today? Uh, let me see today? if put it. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to jump around, Jake, but if we no, keep no, it on cool. a theme. So, I mean, guys, if you're, uh, especially if you're orthodox, orthodox if both of your left legs are in front, you need to be throwing that either left knee or left shot uh, left hook to the body because the, you, you're going to hit the liver, you're going to hit the solar plexus, and that is the money shot, uh, whether you're boxing, whether you're kickboxing. And so in the UFC, there was a, a fighter who was, uh, I think the guy he was fighting was orthodox. The uh, guy that, you found it? I don't know if it's a video. Oh, I thought I saw it on UFC's. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Right, um, yep, and ready. Quick, give me one sec. Okay, sure. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but the, the trick here is that he's in the southpaw stance. So go. the rear knee to the body is open already. Ready for it. And it's coming. It's coming. Look at it. Oh! Go out and in one more time, Jake, just so the UFC doesn't pull our shit. Um, so we watch it one more time. You'll see that uh, the guy that got the knockout, can't see his name. But he's in the right leg forward stance. So the left knee to the body, to the open side of the orthodox fighter is right there. And he times it. He steps in. Boom! Listen here. Listen. That shit will make you wish you were dead. Okay? You get hit with one of those when you're on the ground, like I said, in that fetal position. You just wish you were dead. It's, you can't breathe. You can't inhale. That's the weird thing. Right? Because yeah. it's like, because what happens is, what I mean by you wish you were dead, you get fight or flight. Yeah. You know, you, you get the feeling that you're dying. Yeah. Because when you get hit, stuffed hard in the body sh- with a body shot, liver shot, or a, a, particularly the solar plexus, when you're exhaling, right? Yeah. If I'm exhaling, and you get hit, it hits the air out of you. And because your solar plexus is hit, you can't inhale. Yeah. And when you try to inhale a few times, and you can't, and your body's crunching, and your, your fight or flight kicks in, and you're like... Oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> and you're just like, what do you, do? your breath will come back. But in those few seconds that if you don't know what it's like to not be able to breathe when you're trying to breathe, it's extremely alarming, it's, <laughs> you know? I, I've never got it um, doing like training or anything like that. But when I was a kid, I was playing rugby and, and I scored a try and the ball was like 
directly underneath me there and someone fell on me at the exact moment like you were saying i was bre- i was like breathing out and it just hit me like that and i got winded and uh, and that yeah it was awful i thought like i'm di- yeah saying i'm dying what's happening here? like yeah me in. <laughs> and everybody has kind of the experience of getting the wind knocked out of them or something like that but in a fight it's just you know it's so embarrassing and it sucks so hard because you know if you get knocked out uh i've never been knocked out cold i've been like tko'd and i've been i've been body shot not in a fight but i've been body shot dropped knocked out in the gym before where there's no way i was getting up in 10 seconds right that's happened many many times uh so that i know i know the feeling of death of being on your knees i've never been clean shot but the people that say like they've been flush knocked out they don't feel anything oh, no. there's no pain associated with it right you're just here and then all of a sudden you're on your back and you wake up and like, what the yeah. fuck but you're not like in like gut-wrenching soul death pain from like a horrible body shot where you get the wind knocked out of you or something like that I've been, uh, I got knocked out cold again playing rugby when I was a kid. Oh, never, shit, really? never let your kids play rugby. It's a very dangerous sport. And someone came in and got me like high tackle and I was going full speed and just hit him. But then the next thing you know. Well, you like catch a shoulder to the head or something like that? Like a clothesline. Oh, like, like a, the, a forearm yeah. or something. But, but they're going oh. full speed at me and I'm oh, going yeah. full speed at them. But it was fine. One minute I was running at someone and the next minute there's like eight people stood and over you, me and I don't know what day it is. And when you start stuttering in a few years, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. Yeah, I've got how many kids? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, that, that uh, Marat guy, watch him. He's going to be fighting for the title pretty soon. That fight was sick. Go watch that fight if you want to watch the brutality of kickboxing. I mean, they're just standing in front of each other. Douche, douche, douche. Low kick. Boom, body shot, body shot, switch kick. And they're just like in the shell. Douche, douche, pop, 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 boom, boom. It's just so violent. Like MMA generally, because there's so many phases of the fight, boxing too, tends to flow. Yeah. When you see brutal Muay Thai or kickboxing, you're just like, damn. Like the sweet, boxing is a sweet science, right? You get, you get caught flush, but it's like people are slipping and they're rolling and they're pulling back and then they catch you, pop. Or sometimes they'll catch a few volume strikes, but you know it's an early. But when you see that brutal kickboxing and they're checking kicks and blocking forearms to shin and taking knees to the head and especially Muay Thai, there's elbows and you see one of the brutal ones where there's not a lot of control and they're just fucking going. It's just like, damn, I don't want none of that. Because I watch more MMA than I do kickboxing, so that's the first kickboxing fight I've seen in Asia. I thought, like, Jesus, they're yeah. really going at it. There's no let up. It's yeah. just pop, 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 pop. And like they're all like three, four punch combinations. Like every exchange, every flurry has just got like any any three or four of those that you're taking on the forearm, those kicks that you're slipping. All of that hurts so bad. Like people don't understand how much blocking, checking kicks, kicking elbows. All that stuff, like the defense hurts. It doesn't, you know, you get hit with that stuff. Even if you're blocking it, it fucking sucks. And you look at the, and that's why the kickboxers, man, their bodies are just shields. Yeah. Right? They're used to just taking that pain. MMA fighters aren't used to exchanging like that, you know? But so the kickboxing was sick. And then uh, there was another co- uh, kickboxing fight. Was it the co-main? Uh, and then the we can talk silver, about the Gary Tonin fight. Yeah, the, the light heavyweight kickboxing was the... Um, oh, that was the uh, other Anderson Silva. Silva. Anderson Braddock Silva and uh, another Marat. Was it another Marat? Agun, yeah. That was a good fight. Uh, you know, Marat ended up catching him or, or winning the decision. Anderson Silva dropped him with that ghost punch to the throat. Did you see that? I didn't see that one. I mean, Anderson Silva was like falling back and he hit him with like a hook that just caught him like in the collarbone neck area and then dropped him down. Kind of just pushed him when he was off balance or whatever, but it kind of looked like he punched him in the throat, <laughs> which is amusing. It's always if you want to watch a good throat punch. Uh, so there's that. And then 
the Gary Tonin fight against Matsushima, right? Yep. The guy, he, he fought for the one title. I mean, he's a top contender. I believe he was the Road FC uh, featherweight champion as well, which is the Korean, uh, or is it Japanese? I can't remember if Road is Korean or Japanese. But it was one of those uh, top Asian promotions outside of one, and he was the champion there. He's good. Matsushita's good. This is a big step up. Was Rahul uh, Gary Tonin's last fight? Or do you have one in between? Um, I think it was Rahul. I can't remember. I can't remember. But anyway, this was a big step up in in, uh, competition. And Gary Tonin looked good. He looked good. He's so scrambly. I think what was... Super impressive as well. There's no coaches in his corner. Dino wasn't there. Tom uh, DeBlas wasn't there. They, I don't know whether they couldn't get to Singapore. And he's trying to cook his steak in a water boiler. Yeah, I saw that. that Did you see amazing. that? Yep. If you look at his Instagram, he was, he's literally like, in Singapore, they don't allow you to cook in the rooms. So he's trying to like boil a steak in a water boiler. Because this is Singapore, dude. People eat out, man. What are you doing? You go to the hawker center. So, so to give it his full context, he had to quarantine for what, 14 days? Mm. Flew, flew in Singapore, quarantined for 14 days, no coaches, went in and put on an absolute show on the floor. Yeah. Like, it was so dominant. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about in, in regards to Gary Tonin, which I think a lot of you guys will find interesting because a lot of BJJ people listen to the podcast. What makes Gary Tonin different than, say, uh, Adolfo Vieira or... Uh, Who's in a couple more of these up and coming like jujitsu world champions that are Davi Hamos in the UFC? Uh, uh, um, Dylan Dennis. Dylan, yeah, he hasn't had really enough fights to say. But the difference between Gary Tonin and these other world class grapplers that have decided to join into MMA, and I guess specifically I'll talk about Hadolfo Vieira and I'll talk about Davi Hamos, both ADCC gold medalists. I mean, they, they go in and they only plan to use their jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. And. Because they came late to the MMA game, the striking is developing, but that's not even the issue, right? That's a whole separate thing. The real issue and the thing that Gary Tonin does well that will separate him and actually maybe get him like a UFC championship one day is the in-between stuff. It's the uh, transitions between the striking and the grappling. First of all, Gary Tonin's striking is really well-developed already, right? But it's not super well-developed. But his transition game from the striking to the grappling is very highly developed, which means the the holes in his striking that are there, which are there because he's only been striking for a few years. I mean, it's just natural, right? He's still new. He's only had this is his seventh fight. Uh, let's have a look. Something like that. Uh, so less than ten, less than ten fights. <laughs> yeah. And so of course his striking is developing. I don't think he would argue with that, and that's no disrespect to him, but his. The way he chains it together, the way he transitions his striking, I see that he has a lot of setups. He has a lot of setups from the striking to get to the back. He has setups to get from the striking to the leg lock. And he has strikes, uh, strikes to get people to pull, if he needs to, to half guard and get underhooks to come up on the underhook sweep, which he uses to take the back and get takedowns, yeah. to get top position. So, I mean, straight away, those are three unusual. Plus, he has the traditional wrestling, which he was a good wrestler anyway. I mean, as wrestlers go in MMA, he was always a good one. He took down Paul Harris. Mm. I mean, he's got good scrambles, good wrestling anyway. But when I see somebody who can do the basic, the jab to takedown, I mean, that's like the first thing you learn when you start combining your striking and your grappling is like jab double leg, jab single leg, jab high cross, whatever, right? One, two, yeah. takedown, whatever the fuck, right? Uh, but he has that. 
plus he has his intermediary stuff like his clinching. He'll pull guard straight to a half guard underhook and come up immediately. He'll dive between your legs or he'll sit back Ashigurami style and attack your legs and use those for sweeps. So those, he has like two really interesting ways to get top position if he can't find it in wrestling. Good luck dealing with that. Yeah. If you're a person who wants to keep him off you. I good luck he, shutting all of that down. I and good luck getting you. on top, even yeah. if you get on top of him. Like, good luck. He, he can sub you from anywhere. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was a... There was a, uh, was it a, a Reddit article or something going around about could Gary Tonin beat Khabib? That's what it was. I saw an article it was like Gary Tonin thinks he could be it Khabib, and at first I was just like, Pff. and then I was like, wait a second, <laughs> and I was like, let me actually let me actually think about this. And I know I have a lot of Khabib fans on the channel because of that Khabib video that I put out that did really well, and uh, you know, because I love Khabib too. I'm just speculating. Don't fucking unsubscribe me because I'm. Going to play a little thought experiment here. But if Khabib got on top of Gary Tonin, could he smash him? Yes. Yes. That can 100% happen. And would be very likely and most probable, I would say. However, Gary Tonin would uh, present a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Especially when it comes to the level of his leg attacks. Specifically, I know all the Danaher guys when they train MMA, and I'm going deep into like the MMA. We're going nuclear level here, right? <laughs> like in, as, far, as far as breaking down the styles of these guys. So for the listeners, if you're a little lost here, just bear with me. The, the Danaher guys know to reap off their back, right? Yeah. They, they'll pull guard and they'll underhook to get top position and they'll pull guard into a, a reap or to try to get to like the saddle or the outside Senkaku or the inside Senkaku or something like that. And the thing is when you reap your leg, a reap... See, we're going deep, motherfuckers. A reap for the, most of you guys will know, but if you don't, a reap is just basically when I wrap my leg around, when I'm on my back, I like tangle my legs up and shoot my foot across your hip and it kind of turns your knee out as your foot is going like across my hip. So your foot will go across my hip and it twists my knee. And if you reap somebody from the bottom, that is probably one of the best positions that I think will be exploited in the future in MMA for grapplers because it's one of the few positions where you can 100% be on top of me and not really hit me. Yeah. Because the reap turns your body sideways. And if you have a really strong reap, it pinches your knee out and it gives your partner the angle. And you can't punch across like that if you're a really good reaper. And so, and of course, all of those Danaher guys, if they reap you, that you're in a setup already. Yeah. Now, you can slip out. This is one of the things about MMA. You get sweaty. People start to reap. You can turn and spin a lot of times and, and try to just jerk your foot out and that stuff tends to happen but the threat of that stuff is real and then you know by the time you turn and turn away and kick out you can just stand back up and we're on the feet and we can replay this process the point is gary tonin i think in a pure grappling match can will be khabib yeah now in mma this is different but there's a threat there that you can't shooting on gary tonin he's got one of the best guillotines in the game first of all second of all his rear naked choke if he gets your back you're fucked Except for that except, match. Except from, except from Friday. <laughs> yeah, which kudos to him because he his submission defense was on point. But Gary Tonin just stuck to him like glue. Yeah. He Khabibed him in a different kind of way, right? Khabib does that. When Khabib does it, it's violent. Like when Khabib sticks to you, he's fucking smashing you. When Gary Tonin sticks to you, you're just getting sucked up into the web, but he's not really fucking you up, right? I, I thought it was interesting on, on Friday, though. That I think maybe because he didn't have his coaches in his corner... He, he, seemed, he seemed to be chasing that rear naked choke. And you wonder if he had his actual coach in his corner. They'd have been, you know... Dan had been there. Yeah, telling him to actually... It's not a, you know, a jiu-jitsu fight. You can hit him. Yes. Yeah, because at times he just seemed to forget that he could actually punch the other fellow to and, try and get his 
Not only Chino. that, but pu- yeah, but yeah, exactly what you're saying. Punching is a great way to lock up the submissions, right? The yeah. thing about punching is it it draws a very clear reaction, and this is one of the secrets to grappling. As you get more and more involved in it, when I there, there's a certain series of things that have to happen in order, and when you know what the order is, you can manipulate the sequence, right? So like, if I have your back, and I or if I mounted you and I go to punch you, most likely people are going to turn their back or they're going to bring their hand up to block. Those are the only reactions you can have. Yeah. Right? If you're on someone's back and you start punching them, they're going to bring their hand up to block. That's a very predictable sequence of events. You have to reach your hand up to block because you can't get punched in the face that many times. And when you start to do that, then you can start to trap arms and you can start to transition into chokes. But the crazy thing was, in the first round, Tonin had him. On the back, he had his legs trapped with his arms. Yeah. I mean, he had the, the straitjacket. Yep. Right? He went to the cross grips. He trapped his arm in the transition, literally. Uh, Matsushita, right? Is that the guy's name? Yes. He uh, trapped his arm on the back and somehow with like both of his hands tied up, he was still fucking fighting <laughs> off that runic choke. Sticking his chin like that. Uh. Man, amazing. And you got to just, you got to just comment on his toughness. Yeah. And also, poor game plan. Poor game plan. I mean, he just, he kept, he was trying to take him down at certain points. He kept kicking him. He kept getting his kicks caught. And then when Tonin had his kicks, he would jump back into the Ashigurami or then he would dump, dive back on the legs or he would pull the half guard underhook and come up just off of him catching his legs. You can't let him stick to you at all. You can't kick him. You got to punch him. You got to stick and move. You got to shuffle far on the outside. You got to make him chase you and then tag him. You can't get him close enough to touch him. So I thought it was a pretty poor game plan, but a hell of a defense and a really good fighter. I mean, he, he'll still do well. And uh, he's young too, Matsushita, but Tonin looked great. Yeah, I, don't, I, I do think, you know, there were a few times as well where he was on the back and then uh, Matsushita's sort of turning. And you think, again, Tonin just seemed to be in like jujitsu mode, hunting for that choke, which is, yeah, he was almost nearly getting it. So why not? But it also looked a few times like if he could have got he could have got to mount easily and just rain punches down yeah. on him as well. And my God, if he adds that to his game, everyone's <clears throat> fucked. Yeah, and he will, he will, because uh, Danner's all about shoot boxing and stuff like that. They'll, they'll get it. But uh, yeah, it's but listen, nobody's like Khabib in that respect. Nobody in the history of, of MMA is better at ground and pound than Khabib. I mean, that is one hundred percent his lev- his mastery, right? His his magnum opus is his fucking ground and pound, right? Yeah. I mean, that's his that's his masterpiece. Like, he, he's amazing in a lot of ways, but there's never been a single human that's been able to fuck somebody up with ground and pound on the ground like Khabib. Yep. That's, that's just, that's, yeah. you know, that's beautiful, beautiful stuff. So it'll be tough to do that. But, I mean, of course, Tonin's sub, uh, submission threat level is probably a higher level than Khabib's. Purely, yep. purely submission threat. But in MMA, this is where you get to play these fun games, right? By the way, uh, Khabib fanboys, I think Khabib would win. I'm just, you know. <laughs> I just feel like I have to say it. Now, 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 Khabib, I'd put my money on Khabib, but tone him with a couple more years MMA underneath him. Yeah, Khabib's as Khabib gets older. older yeah, that'd yeah. be more interesting. What a, what a great fight to see. I mean, just as a fun, like, that would be fun. That would be I'd, fucking I'd, I'd fun. I'd play to watch him grapple. Khabib and, Never mind oh, yeah. fight. I'd Khabib and Gary Tonin? That would be amazing. That yeah. would be such a spectacle. Um, all right, so uh, one, one more thing I wanted to shout out. I think that was it for the, the one, but also I'd like to just... Shout out the legend Andy Sauer. If you don't know Andy Sauer, you go watch some of his videos. He was the K1 Max champion. And in my opinion, K1 Max was the best kickboxing tournament of all time. Legends like John Wayne Parr, who a lot of people in the podcast will know because he, he signed with one now. He fought in K1 Max. Blacow fought in K1 Max. Andy Sauer, Masato. There were some amazing, the, the, the golden era of kickboxing 
in my opinion, was those K1 Max years. And Andy Sauer was, a, I believe, a two-time champion in K1 Max. He's 38 years old, and he still looked damn good in that fight. So uh, go watch that Andy Sauer fight. Plus, a great fight. The Chinese guy that he fought was real tough. But uh, by the end, Andy Sauer just fucking him up. Great to see him at 38 years old, still looking good. Another old man to shout out after the podcast a couple weeks ago. And all right, man, should we move on? Is, Today, is there yeah. any more on one worth shouting out? I didn't see any more. So, okay, cool. All right, well, do me a favor. Set up the, the UFC. I'll go grab us a couple more of those light beers. All okay, right, so, um, well, brutal knockouts. Uh, speaking of brutal knockouts, there's another one in the uh, UFC today, so we can go through those ones. Uh, did you watch all the card, Lou? Or did you just see the highlights? Okay, so I watched the whole thing. Uh, again, stunning, stunning uh, card of not necessarily well-known names with some amazing knockouts on there. I think, did, you saw the slam, though, didn't you? Yeah, I saw the slam. So, yeah, let's start with scariest knockout of the year, potentially. Like, the look of concern on Levitt's face after he stopped celebrating and saw the guy just slumped in the corner. Well, I wonder, how long, yeah, I wonder how long he was out for. Uh, well, and there's an important lesson here. I, I do my best to, when I see these things, not just be the just bleed guy and be like, fuck it, you know? I try to like look in, although I do do that a lot because uh, I love martial arts. But if you uh, watch that slam KO, there is an important lesson about break falling here. <laughs> and break falling is something that nobody wants to do. All you jiu-jitsu people listening to this podcast know exactly what I'm talking about because nobody wants to sit there for like two minutes and just break fall. However, do it. <laughs> if you look at the, for example, Rose Namajunas slam knockout, and you look at this slam knockout, you'll notice that both people held on to the body rather than dropping their arm back and tucking their chin to, to dissipate the force of the slam and be able to not get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. There is a method to the madness. Talk to, you know how many judo people have been slam knocked out in MMA? Zero. <laughs> I mean, maybe. maybe. I'm sure you guys can find some fucking super esoteric time that some judo Olympian in MMA got knocked the fuck out with a slam. I doubt it highly, but maybe. Uh, you know, the only times that people knock themselves out are sometimes dumb wrestlers who do a double leg and drop forward with their head. But they're <laughs> the, not, the break fall is not the issue there. Basically. Yeah, that, that happens. But, uh, so you got, can you uh, find the, yeah, yeah, I got the it. slam here? We'll throw it up for a couple seconds. So if you check this out, uh, you'll see that this guy just held on to the body. Ooh, it's a little me and me action on the screen. Oh, sorry. Dude, little Luke gonna... and Luke. You ready? Ew, God, wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. That's, yeah. So you see, watch his right arm. He holds on. Boom. He holds on. One more time, Jake. Oh, he's absolutely he... out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's see if he... You may have to go out and in, Jake. Oh, oh no, wait. No, here it is. Okay, so watch his right arm. He should be break falling with that arm on the way down. He decides to grip hold around the body and then uh you have to break fall everybody you have to break fall and he's you know who that is that's a guard puller right there that's a fucking guard puller hey. <laughs> right that's a dirty fucking guard puller because guard people when they get that closed guard or whatever that and they just wrap you up and they're like okay this is the time where you just sit, gently sit me down and then we start jujitsu <laughs> then we start fighting Meanwhile, this guy's like, fuck you. No. And he's like, but wait, this is where you're supposed to just, you know. If you see the slam as well, though, Levitt sort of gets his arm, obviously not the way around I'm doing it, like his arm's all the way around, but it's underneath uh, Wilman's chin, so it's hard for him to actually tuck his head in as he goes mm. down. So there's not a but lot of But that's why you need yeah, even, the arm, the arms. even the arm out, right? Because first of all, it will prevent you from hitting your head because your shoulder 
will also protect you on that side, right? Yeah. So it, there's, it's more than just the hand. When you break fall, your, your lats, your shoulders, and it, the, the force goes out through your fingers, but your whole body goes into that, and it stops your head also. Even if you're not tucking your chin, it won't be back. It should yeah. be here, right? It should be tucked right uh, on your shoulder. So you gotta be break falling. Rose Damunis was the same thing. She had the Kimura grip, and she didn't release it when she was, her head was dropping down. If she had put her hand down to brace her fall, instead of holding onto the grip, she wouldn't have gotten spiked and knocked out. Yeah. But you know, those jujitsu people, especially like the girls and stuff, like the guys will just pick them up in the gym, or you know what I mean? Like kind of as a joke, like you get a Kimura on a girl, you just kind of pick them up and walk yeah. or whatever, like that kind of shit happens. <laughs> same thing, people will jump guard in the gym, and then I don't let my students slam them if they jump guard to, you know, you have to just set them down. And when you train like that, you fight like that. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying that's a dirty guard puller. And I hope this dirty guard puller is okay. Because <laughs> uh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And he looked, he was out for a while, I think. Yeah. But Levitt, he showed him, he was doing that little celebration dance at the end. And then he sort of stopped and turned around and looked at him. And he just looked horrified. Yeah, because he didn't realize how bad he was knocked yeah. out. Yeah. He, yeah. he thought, you know, oh, I've got him and that's it. And then... I think when he turned around and the guy still wasn't moving, he was like, oh shit. I've yeah, those it. are the scary ones, man. That's what you never want to see is like, you know, TKO finishes when people are still moving is fine, but when people get knocked out cold and they don't get up for a couple minutes, yeah, that's, that's really ones. concerning, really, really concerning. So you, you don't wish that on anybody. But what we can do here is dissect, analyze, and try to figure out why these things happen and then how to create training methodologies to prevent that stuff and that is break falling. Yeah. The, one of the first things that anybody should learn in a jiu-jitsu gym, the first thing I teach the five-year-olds that walk in the door, this is how you break fall. Why do you need to do this? So you don't hit you your head know. and get knocked out. But, no, seriously, break fall. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, but I'll tell you exactly, because I used to hate the stand-up. I still hate the stand-up. <laughs> so I used to practice break falling all the time because I was so paranoid about it. And it paid off because Tim, the new judo coach here, yeah. like top, top guy sort of thing, he sent me for a little ride a, oh, yeah. few, a few weeks He back. sent everybody for rides. Yeah. He, he can send anyone he likes for a ride. Dude, you know how hard it is to judo, to, to stand up in a gi with a judo black belt who's 100 kilos? <laughs> well, I don't. I sit on my ass and butt scoop towards yeah, him. I mean, but... Well, first of all, he's 40 kilos heavier than you. Yeah. And this is, I'm, not, I'm not saying about his weight just to be like, oh, this is, first of all, he's fucking skilled. Right? So he's good. He's strong as shit and he's yep. huge. And so like he's tripping everybody, throwing everybody on their head. But he also knows he, I, I can see it when he rolls with the smaller people. Like if he's judo, if he's like hip tossing you or yeah. something like that, he he resists when you're about to hit the mat to make sure that you don't hit hard. Yeah. And then he's telling everybody, hey, hand. Yeah. So he's teaching yeah, yeah. them while he's doing it to them, and he's pulling them back before they slam into the mat. So he's, yeah. he's oh, no, got he, it exactly he, he, right. Yeah, what, what he did wasn't unsafe sort of thing, but he did send me for a ride, and I just automatic without even thinking break fall. And then <laughs> I was like, good. oh, that's not that bad then. That's okay. Isn't it weird when that happens to you when you just get thrown, and your body is just, you just give in to the moment. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm flying up through the air right now. <laughs> you get this weird, because it happens so fast that you can't, do oh, anything. This, this, so you're literally just like, I'm flying through the air right now. And then you land and you're like, what the fuck just happened? You have no idea how it happened. You just did like heel overhead, landed. You're not dead. You're just like, am I alive? We're good? Okay, man. we're good. All right, and again. He, he <laughs> was literally like a snap second as well because I was like, I'm fairly certain you can beat judo by keeping your hips below theirs. Well, that's bullshit. No, because then <laughs> no. they'll just Tomonagi you, throw you over his head or something like that. Yeah, and then I saw uh, next thing I know, I'm on the back on the floor thinking, oh, I broke forward automatically. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, and, then, yeah, and you're literally just me. there and you're like, my life, did I do good? Did I, everything? Okay, all right, we can do this, you know? 
So we have judos on, at Stronghold on Mondays now. Come on and get some. Also, probably going to start a combat sambo class in January. We're going to be wearing the gi. We're going to be wearing little, little tight little shorts, shorts where your balls are hanging out. We're going to do it proudly. We're going to put some <laughs> MMA gloves on. And we're going to be able to... Here's why I'm excited about it, right? Because MMA is awesome, but I also like the gi training. And if you can combine the two, it's like, it would be so cool, one, because, excuse me, the jiu-jitsu people get to practice stand-up, they get to practice judo on the feet, the game is different when you clinch in the gi, Yeah, massively so, and also, for all the sport jiu-jitsu nerdy people, they can play their spider guard, they can play their lasso guard, they can play all of the gi game things, which also really makes the defense interesting from the top, because you can punch. So we're going to punch on the ground, but you're going to be able to get your arms tied up still in all of the jiu-jitsu sport, you know, yeah. uh, guards and shit like that, spider lasso where your arms are getting tied up. And then it'll be really interesting, I think, and fun for everybody to play with that kind of stuff because it's just good for everybody. The pure BJJ people can still use their shit, but they're learning how to defend against strikes on the ground and on the feet, and they can develop a sick, realistic, like, self-defense style of grappling or where you're like regularly training with strikes on the ground, whether it's in a jacket or not, and on the feet. Like To me, it's just a fucking win. A win for martial arts. Oh, oh. and the rain is coming. A big, if, there is a big storm coming, so should we race through this card just in case? Okay, let's race through the card. Uh, so, um, coming, Sambo's coming, guys. Sign up. Stronghold. Sambo. Me and a judo black belt. Jiu-Jitsu black belt <laughs> and a judo black belt. And he's going to throw me on my head, but then I'm hopefully going to catch him with something on the ground. He's also a blue belt on the ground. Better than that, though. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't see the um, what's that? Does the Allen fight? I did not see that one. Do you think we should just pause and give it a few minutes and see? Yeah, let's go. Okay, call it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna pause real quick. We'll be back when the noise is off because I don't want to ruin your ears. This is the Stronghold Podcast. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the podcast. The rain has mostly gone, so I think we can continue. Thankfully, it was only like a few minutes this time. Two weeks ago, we got rained out completely. Yep. We sat here, and it was fucking Hurricane Singapore, and there was nothing we could do. I don't... <laughs> the rain was so heavy, there was just no way we were recording. So yep. we're back. Let's finish up the fights. Uh, we already talked about the OSP loss to uh, Jeremiah Hill. A little bit of a surprise there. Uh, and then the Hermanson-Vittori fight, from all accounts, was amazing. I, I didn't catch the whole thing. I just saw the highlights. It looked brutal. It looked uh, – because even, even though Marvin Vittori won, his head, his face all looked pretty messed up. Yeah, they after were. After the fight. Trading, and like. Five rounds, right? Yeah, five rounds, and they were just stood in front of each other, you know, in the phone box sort of thing, winging punches at one another for a lot of the fight. It was a, And um, Hermanson got dropped in the first as well. And you just think if Vittori, Vittori then tried guillotining him, and you just thought if he'd have just kept on winging punches at him, he'd have actually finished it in the first. Yeah, I saw that. He should have just. Should have. Sometimes striking the submissions is a good move, but if you hurt someone, you just stay on them because if you give them that when you clinch up with them, whether it's top, bottom, going for a choke, something like that, then you you risk giving them time to recover. And Hermerson's ground game was good enough for him to you know get himself safe and get himself in a his position. His ground game is ridiculous. Hit. Yeah, his ground game is amazing. Coming out of Europe, I mean, he's. I think he's done more in his grappling than uh, even Gunnar Nelson. Like, yeah. just purely with his grappling. I mean, he's guillotined a lot of people. He's got that joker choke or whatever, that, that arm in guillotine that he does if he gets to get you in the turtle. So, uh, But listen, with Marvin Vittori, I think we got one. We yeah. got one. He seems like a legitimate contender. 
like a serious, serious prospect. 27, is that, you said he's 27 yeah, years old, 27. right? Yeah, 27. He fought Stylebender to a split decision. I mean, and he's already way younger. And, uh, you know, you, you don't want to see a brawler too much when you're dealing with who he has to fight, if he, if, like, if he wants to beat Izzy. Yeah. And I watched that Vittori-Izzy fight, and Vittori was able to get him to brawl a little bit. And then Stylebender was picking him off, picking him off, but then getting caught, and Vittori would have some uh, success in like closer range, dirty boxing, stuff like that. Uh, it's tough to say if, if he's going to have Stylebender's number, right? If he's going to have the stylistic advantage yeah. with that matchup as somebody who's a bit of a brawler. Uh, they're talking about him potentially fighting Paulo Costa. I mean, that would be just two fucking bulls running into each other head first. I'll watch the shit out of that fight. Uh, be interesting to see how Costa bounces back because I, I was riding his dick hard going into that Stylebender fight. I honestly thought he might be the guy. He was killing everybody. He was wrecking everybody. Yeah. So much pressure. So much, I don't know. I guess he was injured and stuff, and there were some issues before the fight or whatever, but he just looked like shit when he fought him, and Stylebender pieced him up and finished him. And, uh, but Marvin Vittori, man, we got one. Hermanson was, what, fourth? Ranked fourth? Yeah, so, so that's I mean, always going to go top five now. Yeah, he's going to be right there. So you have the middleweight top five? Can you, or top ten? Yeah, yeah. just bringing it up now. So, you, obviously, you got Izzy's champ. With okay, the, so there's a lot of stuff changing here. So, so, this is not updated yet. So, the same Vittori is now going to go top five. Oh, Yoel Romero no longer fights for the UFC. Yoel Romero right? will no longer be a part of the rankings when they come out. So, that, that by the way, I mean, we could talk about that in a second, but... So five is gone, uh, four is gone because Hermanson's going to, or sorry, uh, uh, Vittori's going to jump Jack. Till says he's moving weight as well again and going down. He's going back to, what? He just beat Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, but well, Till's Til, Instagram post is a combination of like bullshit and truth, so. I mean, that, that wouldn't make any sense after he just beat a top, top, near top five middleweight. That would be a weird move because he, he struggled making that weight anyway. Yeah. And you want to play that game again, dude? Like, you've been fighting in middleweight now for the last year and a half. Do you want to play that game again? Do you want to lose 20% of your body weight to fight? Like, I don't know, man. I don't think that's the move. Uh, he's, he's hard to tell with Till's Instagram sometimes whether he's joking or not. But he did say on Instagram he was going back down. So, yeah, if he goes it. as well, then that's the top of that division wide open. Which... I can't decide if it's a good thing or a bad thing because Izzy's been so dominant in the division and I want to see some of those matchups. But I'm, I'm pumped for Marvin Vittori. Like, we've had a few prospects break out uh, this year. Um, and I think he's one of them because Kevin Holland was supposed to get that fight. Yeah. Right, Kevin Holland was supposed to have that fight. How about Kevin Holland versus Vittori? That would be a sick fight now. Uh, you could do you could do a lot, man. That division's, that division's sick. Uh, what else? That's pretty much it for the main fights on the UFC, right? Yeah, so that was... We cover that all the good card. ones. Uh, is 256 next week? Oh, shit, yeah, it is. This is the Figueredo, right? Yeah, this is Yeah, this is probably the best card. By the way... Oh, fuck, Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira. Sorry, I just came. I, 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 I just came. <laughs> oh, God. We came at the same time, dude. It's weird. I don't... <laughs> oh, Holland's fighting on that card, actually. Yeah, he He's got... Bon I mean, that's what I'm saying. This is the best, yeah. this is the best card of the year. Because now, no, go, go back to the top. So, Figu top. so Figueredo and uh, Moreno is number one. I kept calling fucking, uh, what's his name, Moreno? <laughs> the guy that just fought 
Figueredo. I kept calling him Moreno on the last podcast because I knew that Moreno was top contender. Because you drank a bottle of vodka. <laughs> and that, and that. So that fight is really interesting now because Figueredo's all of a sudden got star in the making all over him. Yep. Like, flyweight was dead, but the decision for him to take this fight right away, if he wins Took this 21 fight... 21 days. If he wins this fight, th- this is going to be a guy... Because he's scary. Yeah. He's scary. He, you don't want to fight that guy. He's one of those guys that you can tell is a little crazy. And, like, he's mean. He's mean when he fights. You know, like, George St. Pierre's not mean. He's slick. Yeah. Right? Anderson Silva's slick. John Jones is mean. Figueredo's mean. You get some of these guys that, like, they just got bad intent. They're fucking just grinding on you. And just everything that they do, everything that they hit you with sucks. Every, just all, it's not like slick, pop, pop, you get touched up. It's just fucking, God of War is a perfect nickname for him. And he transitions with, to everything with ferocity. <laughs> like, did you see that scissors takedown he did into the heel hook? When he fought the well, we were going to break Perez, we were gonna right? Break it it down, Perez. and then yeah, we were yeah. going to break it down, and then we got rained off. Yeah, that we were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sorry, you guys missed that, <laughs> but we got rained out. But I mean, that was crazy. That guillotine where he choked out Joseph Benavidez, or the and he's just like, <laughs> like his eyes are rolled back, and you're just like, fuck, man. You see that, and you're just like, ugh, it's so repulsive. And when you, as a guy, you think to fight that guy, like, like Demetrius Johnson, right? Mm. He's going to out-slick you. He's going to out-angle you. He's going to work around you. He's going to out-speed you. Figueredo's going to fuck you up. He's going to hurt you. Like, it's just different level of intent, right? And uh, he's got that kind of factor to him, where like that Mike Tyson, where he's just there to hurt you. And so really interesting. That's the top of the card. And, and by the way, this is no disrespect to Moreno, because he looked good. Yeah. And he um, fights like a Mexican. He's a Mexican fighter. Really, really good on the ground. I mean, he, if he wins, he'll be the first real Mexican champ. Which is a lot, says a lot about the progress that Mexico is making in MMA. So I mean, I'm totally stoked for him if he wins and puts Mexico up like that. Now Figueroa's got a fucking bad guy, Mexico versus whatever. Like, yeah, this is good he's stuff. He's exciting for the division. This is good stuff, and I think uh, Moreno's the right guy right now to fight him. And then even if this fight, let's say Figueroa does what he's supposed to do and he goes in and wins, I mean, he's got uh, Cody Garbrandt maybe in the wings. TJ's coming back soon, man. This is, I mean, he's not going to go to flyweight, but. Oh, I don't know. He's... He better not. Well, without his EPO, I don't know how. <laughs> that is EPO. He might struggle. So flyweight's on fire right now. This is the best division has ever been. Uh, to, to jump across as well, back to one, uh, DJ's got a title shot. Mm. Should be exciting. Against Can't Adriano Moraes, which is the best flyweight fight you will see other than if Figueredo's fighting. Yeah. The, these current, I mean, listen, Bibiana Fernandez versus DJ is a hell of a fight. Is a hell, it's the best fight you could have made for DJ outside of the UFC. And the only fight in the... If you could pick one fighter I want to see DJ fight, it's Figueredo now. But he only had that fight, like, he's only been hot for a month, right? Yeah. Other than that... It's Bibiano Fernandez. Yeah. I mean, Bibby's uh, good, be, man. If, he's older. He's getting older now, cause he, but he's defended the title, Jesus, like eight fucking times or something like that. If crowds are allowed back into stadiums, like here, and they do it here in Singapore, it'll be oh, immense. Oh. Fucking going. No two ways about well, it. We were also kind of drooling and, and simultaneously ejaculating earlier at the thought of Yoel Romero coming to one and then going to see him fight live in the indoor stadium. Oh, I did it again. DJ main event, Yoel Komen. Oh, that's interesting, man. That's Yoel coming to Singapore. That would be interesting. Bellator would probably pick him up if I had to guess. 
but one could be really interesting. Could be, could fight uh, De Ritter, the guy that we should have had on the podcast. Sorry, everybody. Again, we're learning. <laughs> <laughs> could take all the steroids he likes, yeah. allegedly. Or Angla, that'd be a great fight. Yeah. He could go up to heavyweight. There's some fun fights there. Uh, Vitor Belfort's going to be in one now. Vitor Belfort versus Yoel Romero. If Vitor's on steroids, pff, that fight's fun. <laughs> and if they're both on steroids... If Vitor's not on steroids, Vitor's fucked. But yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, yeah. But TR, Titor, <laughs> if he comes back, that's fun. Yeah. His traps coming out of his fucking eyebrows. Watch the shit out of that. They could, they could do like a body off before the fight and stuff like that. Cause and we could be all just jerk off to it in our collective <laughs> love of masculinity and our shame of being so attracted to the male body. <laughs> Wait, you look at your arm, Could you imagine if you had that body? I just... I mean, what would you do? I'd, I'd what never, would you do? I'll tell what you what I'd do. I'd never, ever wear a shirt, ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you going to do, man? All day, every day, walk around in the shortest pair of shorts He's possible. probably got a huge dick, too. I, you just feel like he's got a huge dick. Yeah. It just makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this derailed. I'm on light beer today, guys. This is not the alcohol. This is just me... I don't know. Been weird lately. <laughs> it's, been, it's been it's been a long month. Yes. It's only just started. But we're ready to get through the end of 2020, guys. We're <laughs> you know, we're we're just at the end of the finish line. It's going to be a struggle. I'm going to stumble before we get there, but we'll get through it together. All right, and then uh, so yeah, I guess that's pretty much it with the UFC, right? We hit on Yoel Romero a little bit. It's interesting to see where he goes. Uh, the UFC is apparently doing a big cut. I guess it's COVID related. Um, how many fighters did you say they're cutting? So Dana White said today 60 fighters are getting cut. Ooh, that's like a lot of people looking for work, mm. which is a shame given the current crisis and all that, but it's also understandable. I mean, but I they, do feel like the UFC is a little bloated. Do you, do you feel like it's a little bloated? I think it's bloated, and then you take into the fact they've been putting these cards on without any gate money. Yeah, like, that's Like, it must be hurting. Well, there's no question there's a crunch, right? I mean, that's why they have to do it. Yeah. When they get through the end of the year, they get their gajillion dollar uh, payout from ESPN, though, for putting on however many events they're supposed to do. I think it was like 50, whatever, you know, whatever number it was. That was the whole thing why Dana made Fight Island. Because the contract with ESPN says they have to do a certain amount of shows in order to get paid. And it was a ridiculous, ridiculous, like hundreds of millions or some shit if they put on the number of shows. So Dana White is like, we will go to the middle of it, we'll figure it out. And, uh, but yeah, I'm sure now, even with that, at the end of the year, they're starting to feel the crunch of missing live gates for how many fights now? I mean, that's hundreds of millions of dollars. And, but some fights as well that would have broken attendance records. Stylebender like, and Costa? Yeah, Khabib, um, Gaethje. Yeah, that all was all like, fought in fucking two, 100 people or whatever were there. Yeah. So they, they must be hurting. So the cuts are... The cuts are understandable, and like uh, this year, I'm sure we'll do some sort of like end of year review, so I won't talk about it in detail now. But like, God bless the UFC this year, the only sports organization that like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, as much as you as you people shit on them, the UFC is fucking awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. I love Fight Island. I love everything about the whole year. I even like the Apex Silent stuff. Like everything is just win. I yeah. just feel like everything they're doing is a fucking win. They, they handled this the best of any sport. Yep. You know how many people are going down with COVID in the NFL? Basketball did pretty good, too. NBA did good because they did the bubble. Yeah. I, take, I take that back. I'll give, I'll give the NBA and the UFC the win both because NBA did the bubble, and they did not get a high rate of infections. The UFC, I mean, they haven't had – they've had a couple recently, but all in all, considering the amount of shows they put on, have done amazing. Yeah. And uh, the product has not suffered for it in the least, I feel. 
Oh, they've had some of the best fights they've ever had this year, and it's just a, and know, silent, just yeah. like fucking glove slapping on brain, right? I mean, <laughs> when you did, oh, the guy today, one, you could hear one of the guys talking to the corner today, and he was basically, oh, coach, do you want me to submit him now? And you could, but you heard him say it because it was. Silent. By the way, great question to ask your coach. <laughs> yeah. Great. If if I'm competing or if one of my students is competing and they have the wherewithal and the time and the right to be like, is now the time? I'll be like, you know what? Thank you for asking. And yes, please choke the shit out of that person. You have my permission. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, I love this game. I love this game. Uh, all right, man. So we pretty much got that covered. Let's go to the odds and ends. Oh, so the you, random nonsense we found throughout the week. So you sent me through a video of someone using jujitsu effectively. Um, this week and then I also then sent you one through but it's two very different ways of doing it because the one you sent me was uh, de-escalation to the max yes and the one I sent you was someone being a dick (laughs) (laughs) and we like both yeah we like both both here I recommend only one but I want to watch both you know (laughs) it's like (laughs) so uh, this one I enjoy watching jujitsu be used used as the gentle art and I enjoy Khabib fucking smash too (laughs) so you know I got a spot in my heart for both wait so uh this one you sent me, and this one is a cop uh, that uses jujitsu to disarm a situation. Everyone goes away happy and unscathed. I mean, uh, I was surprised at this. Can I outline it a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect this, first of all, <laughs> especially given the climate. It looks like it's in the U.S., right? Yeah. Given the climate of the uh, police situation there. And I loved it. I mean, this is... it. You know, when you teach kids martial arts, when you teach... This is the dream. This is the dream. Yep. This is like the ideology. This is the, you know, uh, the goal to end a conflict non-violently, which is what you teach. It may not be what you preach, but it's what you teach. And uh, so let's, let's see this shit. All there right, so got- someone's getting smashed on right off the gate. This cop goes, drags him. For those of you listening, gets his back, kicks over to the mount. Oh, no. Now he kicks over to the mount. Close guard, kicks him in the mount. Does not. Pause it, Jake. Please. He does not proceed to beat the shit out of this guy. Also, doesn't. You, you see the gun on his hip as well. Hands nowhere near it. Not yeah. even reaching for it. I mean, this. Because I think, you know, you sweep somebody like that. Can you, can you go back to the sweep? Yep. Because there was a sweep here, which is quite interesting, right? So. The guy, uh, go back even a little further. Seconds. Let's just break this down and it's full, uh, further, but when he's on the feet still, okay, just so we go. can see how they get to the ground. I'll just go from the beginning. Okay, fuck <laughs> it. It's like not that long. So the cop goes in and he grabs him from behind. It looks like the black dude jumps. He j- kind of jumps back. So, I don't know if he got slammed or if he fell back, but either way. So it's pause. Pause right there. Boom. Okay, so we got, first of all, bad headlock. You shouldn't be doing that. Uh, <laughs> I know this guy trains a little bit, but the headlock is probably not the move. Anyway, he manages to get the close guard on him and now move it forward a little bit. He's in the headlock, controlling him, uh, flips him over. It wasn't really a close guard. He just kind of swept him, gets the mount, gets his knees up under his armpits. Could have armbarred him here. I mean, you know, better guy might have, but... <laughs> closer, closer, right. Can we just go back to this? I have questions about this. Okay, what? I didn't see what you are pointing out. Wait, I've got to pause it at the exact right moment. <laughs> oh, damn it. I've gone too far. Here we go. Is that a uniform police hat in America? <laughs> I've never seen a hat like that in my life. I, what does it say on it? Can you? I don't, I don't know. It's a really unclear image. But when you sent me through the video, I was like, what well, the? that police officer looks very chill. Maybe That's the cop's hat. It, it might not be America. I, I would, I've never seen that on American before. <laughs> I'll keep going. Anyway. So anyway, he gets the sweep. He gets on top. 
He basically, okay, so from here, he just nullifies the situation, right? He just holds this guy. Everyone's like, dude, get off, get off, get off, get off. He's like, are you cool? You cool? Bro, you cool? He's like, dude, I'm cool. He's like, all right, well, if we're both cool, then let's just fucking end this shit. And a little huggy, a little huggy. Hug it out, bro. I love you, man. Okay, don't, don't, you know. <laughs> don't, don't be a dick. Just, yeah. Yep. All right, we're cool. And boom. Done. Happy days. Beautiful. Beautiful. And that happened because of a couple reasons. One. Uh, the guy that was punching him, that black guy, was getting manhandled on the ground. And he knew. He got swept. He got rolled over. He's got this official-looking guy on top of him, mounted. And he's like, okay, this could get bad quick. I'm just going to yep, take down. a breath. And the guy's like, calm down, calm down. And he's mounted. And he's like, the guy's sitting up right on top of him. He's like, you know what? All right. <laughs> if he's willing to de-escalate. But if he had hit that guy... Oh, well, yeah, he, yeah, he kept going, And yeah. then the guy's going to get crazy, and then people are going to jump in, and then the whole thing just escalates beyond the point of control. And uh, this is a totally uh, nonviolent, effective use of jiu-jitsu where you can see that the guy just had control, and when he got on top, he said, hey, stop, stop, stop. I'm on top of you. Like, chill out. Don't. You don't trust me. You don't want. And he's like, all right, man, cool. We good? We good? We good? Okay, let's get the fuck out of here. All right, they stand up and go. Yep. Excellent. Yep. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Onto the... <laughs> Now onto the, the of onto the nonsense. I, I think this is an advertisement for like if anyone ever shows like if you know you own a gym and stuff like if anyone shows up with an affliction t-shirt on or something like that, you should be like, no, you can't train. <laughs> you you are not welcome here for your bad MMA fashion. <laughs> um, oh, it's a shame we could do with the sound on this one. To is be this, honest, yeah, yeah, but uh, we can't actually do that. So okay, to, to set it up, they're playing basketball. Mm. Two guys start arguing with one another, and then. Well, then we'll watch it from there, and it gets okay. into a fight. But it's just yeah, use this is BJJ. an old video. I, I've seen this one before, but it's been years, so I'm quite oh. interested to see this again. If I'm not mistaken, go ahead and play yeah. it. Let me make sure. So they start talking shit to one another. It's a shame we can't get the sound on this one, but you can see them sort of back and forth, yada yada. Yeah, just chirping at each yeah. other. Two basketballs. Once it takes the shirt off. Once one of them oh. takes the shirt off, you know. What's up, bro? What's oh, up, bro? Throwing the ball. What's throwing up, the ball. bro? Angry. All right, I'm taking my shirt off, bro. This is too constrictive. I can't fight when I'm constricted like this, bro. Oh, no, it's a different guy now. Oh, they're chirping on each other. It's so funny to watch how fights escalate, right? But normally, this, this is what pa it looks pause like. Pause it for a second, Jake. Yeah, they're doing the bro thing where they're just like, bro, you push me. Bro, I push you. Hey, bro, you, you pull that shit on the court, bro. You don't check the ball, bro. You know, like whatever, the, whatever shit there. Th this is what like it looks like when people posturing. actually don't know how to fight. They just and they look just like, do to me, I just see like a rooster just like, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. just like fucking kicking its heel. Like I just see very prototypical <laughs> standard human escalation behavior that it's funny because you know when you become an expert at something you start to pattern recognize yeah and i've seen so many like street fight videos and i've been training people in martial arts for so long that i always see the patterns and these two dudes chirping at each other like hands you know like fucking bumping each other walking around like looking back what do you what it's just so typical i don't know this, it amuses me but normally it comes to absolute like when you see people doing all that stuff you're like right neither of you really no, how to fight, this is going to come to nothing. You're going to yeah. walk off. But this is, like, this is one of those rare occasions where actually it does come to blows and one of them knows how to Be fight. Yeah, because one of them is... Two, two things are happening, right? Like, there's two perspectives going on here. One of them is the perspective of the guy who thinks he can fight. Yes. <laughs> and he wants to throw down. And one of them is the perspective of the guy who can fight. And he's like, should I do this? Like, <laughs> should I? Because I know I'll fuck this dude up. Should I go down there? And he's having that dialogue while he's chirping at this dude in his head. He's like... 
this? Is this happening right now? I've been waiting, dude. I've been training for a year. I'm probably a purple belt. I've been waiting for years to fucking use this shit. Keep going, bro. No, no, no. Keep going, bro. No, I shouldn't. Keep going, bro. You know? It's literally yeah. that process in his head. <laughs> I'll go there. I'll go on. Yeah, so still talking, Still talking shit to one another. Oh, this is, this is beautiful. They're talking shit at the camera. They're shaking shit. Bro, that was a foul. It was not a foul. Bro, it was a foul. Dude, you hit my one, hand. One of them's do, some, do something. People always say that in these. Do something. Oh, once the hand goes on the chest, he reaches out for the listeners. Basketball guy, they're, they're playing. They're on a basketball court. They're arguing, talking shit, shooting around. One of the guys just put his hands on the other guy's chest. Now they're still just chirping at each other. And now they're in each other's face. Their hand signaling very hard. <laughs> They're very elect. What you want, bro? What? Come on, come on, bro. Come on. Oh, there's and a punch throw. Pulls the half guard underhook. That's always the move. Oh, you headlocking fool. Goes on his back. Oh yeah, this dude's fucked. He's been waiting. This guy's been waiting. But oh this, yeah. But that's where it then gets sketchy. Where you're like, oh, and then he punches him. Like, well, listen, it's yeah. a fight now. It's it's a fight, right? Once you get up in that situation, we don't need to do any pretty stuff anymore. Like now, it's a fight. You know, I mean, a, a more experienced person will probably be able to end that without striking. But, you know, this is... This is go back a little right. bit, Jake, uh, in the video, if you don't mind. Yeah. To the... Yeah, yeah just the whole, where the whole thing started. Yeah, right. that's perfect. There we go. I want to see how this escalated. They end up clinched up, right? Oh, the guy... Strikes. Oh, the black dude threw a bitch slap, it looks like. Yeah, he threw first. I mean, the guy in the green shirt's defending himself. That guy threw the first strike. And now this is why, ladies and gentlemen, you never know. <laughs> you never know who you're picking a fight with. If you're going to get in a street fight, you had, better, you had better be careful because you do not know who that other guy is. Now he goes in behind the leg. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And yep, I have seen this one. Yep, yep, yep. And he's like, dude, I'm going to blow yeah, out like, your, I'm knee. Wreck your knee. Yeah, I've heard this. So for the listeners, <clears throat> basically what happened is they, they end up in a scramble. Uh, one guy takes the guy's back. And, uh, you know, they're sitting here chirping, talking about basketball, whatever. He ends up, like, taking his back off of a headlock that every person who doesn't know how to fight will do. Remember how I told you about pattern recognizing earlier? Yeah. You know how you know someone who sucks in a fight? They headlock. put you in a fucking headlock. And you're like, oh, there's your back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or here's a suplex. Yeah. I just get my hips under you. I lift. I drop you backwards. You're hitting your head. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. But you're back, of course, right? So then that happened, and then one of the guys stood up, and then he ended up on a leg lock. He ends up uh, looking like he's going for a heel hook or something. And then while he's got the leg, he's literally just, like, looking at the guy. And he's like, dude, if you do this, I'm going to rip this shit off. <laughs> and he's, you know, listen. Listen. One of the worst ways that you can beat somebody in a fight is by blowing out their knee. Yeah. You ask pretty much anybody, any professional, what they would rather be knocked out or have their, get heel hooked and have their ACL torn. Most of them will tell you the knockout. Yeah. Because if you tear your ACL, you're out for a year. Yep. A year. Oh, if you get not, knocked if out, you're out for 10 seconds. Now, there may be other issues long later on in life, depending on how hard you got knocked out, how many times you've been knocked out before, just your uh, general biology, all these sort of things. But if you tear an ACL, you're out for a year, and then, you know, you get to decide maybe what trade-off you prefer, but it's pretty low on the desire list to have your <clears throat> ligaments torn. Yeah. And be out for a year. But if you... Surgery, thousands of dollars, crutches, never maybe being the same, which is the case with a lot of ACL injuries. He's, um, he, yeah, you, like, at the end of it, he's literally like, oh, I'll, I'll just blow your knee and you're fucked. Yeah. Because if you've not got insurance or something like that, yeah. then you're just walking with a oh, limp yeah. the rest of your life. That is a serious problem. 
I mean, broken arm, all right, you know. Yeah. Broken foot, all right, you know. Broken, broken knee, torn ligament. Whether it's your shoulder, you know, your knee, ligaments are way worse than bones. You break your bone, compound fracture. That shit's healed in a few months. Yeah. You know, the, the muscles and the, and the putting the weight on, all that stuff is different, but it will be mostly healed in a few months. ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, rotator cuff in your shoulder is another bad one. Ligaments in your shoulders, those are, those are problems. Those shoulders, knees, back, and neck, if you can protect that, you will have a very long career doing training. That's the number back, neck, these, and these, shoulders and knees. If you can protect those, that is, that is what you need to have longevity in, in this sport. You know? I don't know if you saw it this week, but JSP's posted a load of videos of like him just fucking getting in ice cold water all the time and basically saying, you know, do this every day. and Anti-inflammation yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing. It'll keep you going, keep your career extended and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's the move. Yep. And as you get older, people will start to realize how much recovery and training intelligently is your friend, especially if you're most people. Most people want to train martial arts, and this is what I push for, a lifestyle. You want to be healthy. You want to learn the mechanics of how to fight. You want to learn the art form. You want to be able to self-defend. Like, you want to be able to do that through your life. Yeah. Right? You want to do that in your 40s. You want to do that in your 50s. It, it can be... A temple for you right it can be a place where you go to keep fit to hang out with other people who are trying to get good at something difficult to uh, people that care about their diets and what they're putting in their body and you know for better or worse just trying to keep their shit together train training is that's the temple right that keeps you off fucking alcohol and it keeps you off whatever it keeps you healthy all these things yeah right until you maim your body because you're training too hard you get slammed too hard your coach doesn't put enough attention on safety. You, you know, so many things that can happen that can go wrong. But as you get older, you start to become keenly aware of how much you need to protect yourself. Uh, otherwise, the thing that you do, which is meant to give you happiness and strength and joy and all that kind of stuff can ultimately lead to debilitating you and making you physically and mentally exhausted because you're dealing with all these fucking injuries all the time and it affects everything else in your life. And like, oh, uh, I can't do this because of training. I can't get up to work because my back is tweaked. My jaw's messed up. My, I mean, you have to, to train smart to mitigate those things. Yeah. And uh, it's a slow process of learning, right? It's a slow process of learning what you can do. Charmaine, Charmaine, I cannot get this woman to listen to me, right? Because she's tough, and I'm all about toughness to a certain extent, right? I preach it all the time. Like, you know, oh, this hurt. Suck it up. You know what I mean? Oh, I hurt. Okay, well, is it... Is it hurt or is it injured? Yeah. If it's injured, you can stop. If it's hurt, then you work through it, generally, right? That's kind of the rule. And, uh, you know, so she hurt her foot earlier on this week, can't walk, wearing a cast, limping around for two days. And I'm holding pads for her yesterday, and we're doing kicks, and I make her kick with the not hurt leg. And she's like, okay, other side. And I'm like, no. And she's like, yeah, yeah, just let me kick the other side. And I'm like, no, your foot is hurt. Why would you even want to do that, right? Just do the side that you're good. Why, why would you slam the hurt thing into a pad or anything else, right? Just fucking chill out. And she's like, no, that's feeling pretty good. I'm, and I'm like, no, seriously, don't. And she's like, just let me do it. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I make her hold literally like four kicks in. She's limping again. And then she's like, let me finish. Let me finish. No. And then two more days, she can't walk. And I'm like, Charmaine, why? <laughs> I'm just like, literally like, Why? There is, there's nothing, and this is what I say to her, when it gets to the point, I would say, there's nothing to gain here. Yeah. Which means you are not going to improve any skill set by doing this. It is only going to affect your further training. 
Case in point, the next day she can't walk, she can't train again. If she hadn't kicked, if she had just worked around the injury, done what she could, not do what she couldn't do, then she could have trained in the next, came in the next day and done the same thing, done what she can, not do too much, and she would have had hours more training. It's a compounding interest, yeah. right? Protecting your body is compound interest because it ensures you can train the next day and the day after that and the day after that. So being tough is cool, but if I don't see you the next day, then you literally shot yourself in the foot, right? You're, like, you're only hurting yourself at that yeah. point. Being, being the wrong side of 40, like, it becomes even more true though because you know, if, if you don't, like now I have to force myself to rest. Like I'll do something every day and I'm happy to do it, but I have to force myself to take a day off. Because otherwise, it's what you said, that like say I train one night and I'm a bit sore from that, then if the next day like an idiot, I'm like, oh, well, I'll do some strength and conditioning and you know, I'll, I'll go for a run or something like that, then it fucks me up for the rest of the week. Yeah. Whereas if I'm just like, all right, I'll just stretch out and take it easy the next day, I can train two more times that week. And yeah. it's, it's a lesson you have to learn as you get older. And if you think about how many times shit like this happens in a year, and then extrapolate yeah. that to five years, ten years, and you imagine like... All the times, I mean, this is one thing, that, and we'll end on this point. Uh, this is one thing that drives me crazy about like a lot of the Brazilians that I've trained with. They've all had like 10, they go so hard. I mean, training, they're just beating the shit out of each other. Sparring, they're like going so, there's just no chill because they're fucking competitive. And they're good. Like the ones I train with are fucking amazing. They're competing at an extremely high level. But they've all had years off where they've got uh, ACL surgeries, got this. I mean, every time I see them, they're injured. Every time. They yeah. always have something wrong. Tape. Just, just I mean, half made of tape. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not opposed to that. If you're at that world championship level, listen, you got to do what you got to do, right? But for most of us, most of us, you can train at like 60%. You don't want to redline it, right? You, you burst, you release, you burst, you relax. You get up to 80, you get back to 20, you chill, you're loose, you explode, you're loose. That's the move. You just fucking explode <laughs> constantly. You're going you're gonna to be dealing with that. And, uh, you know... Explosion is needs to be chosen precisely as you get older. My yeah. my new rule when rolling is like one one heavy, like one light sort of thing, because you know we've got some big boys train here sort of thing, and I just can't do like three of those back to back anymore. Yeah, it just fucks me up, and then I can't train for the rest of the week. So especially like, especially this week. Uh, so we'll end on this point because I think it's wait. Are, are we going to end on this though? There's the kung fu master. Oh, let's do the Kung Fu Master first. Okay, okay, we'll do that quick. Okay, so we're going Kung Fu Master first. Because I think they're cleaning it at oh. 6.30. So. Okay, so. Kung Fu, oh yeah, let's talk about this guy real quick. We'll end on this, we'll end on this. My, I have plenty of time to talk in the future. So this fucking guy is back, right? Uh, Zhu Xiaodong. Uh, Where's Charmaine when we need him? Zhu Xiaodong. But you know, the, the, God, everybody. All the <laughs> Chinese Singaporeans listening to this are like ready to fucking punch me in the face. Sorry, guys. I'm as white as it gets, okay? Uh, so uh, the guy that, that beats up all of the old masters, the young MMA guy, fucking Jack, professional MMA fighter who challenges all these 50-something-year-old Tai Chi masters is back again doing... Doing what he does. Very conflicting work because I understand why he's doing what he's doing, but he's not doing it the right way. I've talked about him on the podcast before. Uh, go ahead, Jake. All right, let's play it. So oh, to give you some background, so now this is a Tai Chi master. So my understanding of Tai Chi is... Completely non-aggressive and non-violent. Yeah, that's not even... A, that's like doing that slow shit. Oh, why don't so. you beat up the yoga master? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a great idea, right? Yeah. Jesus, beat up the kata expert. However, <laughs> it is very funny to watch. Here we go. I think oh, this is his shortest one yet. 
Sweet Lord, what? This makes me sad. Oh, look at his arms. He knows, oh. he knows how to fight. Look at that stance. You can't, you can't punch if your arms are extended. They have to cross space. And like, done. Oh, I mean, that's a man who's never been hit in the face in his life. But, but he somehow thinks he can fight. That's, that's what listen, I love about it. I know. It. That's the weird thing about these videos, right? That's the good thing. First of all, this is not as bad as some of the other ones. Yeah. He literally just like jabbed one, him once. One punch and done. One push kick, one jab, and he yep. was done. So it's not as bad as the other ones, but... For, there's, there's a couple of things about this that are interesting and confusing, right? <laughs> the first is why these old guys have the confidence that they have to think that they can go in there and just have... That's not... That guy's never been hit in his life. Because no. people that get hit don't, don't respond to punches. Like they don't respond to being hit like that. Yeah. Right? Like, if I get punched in the face and it's in a fight... Unless it knocks me out, you're not going to notice it. I've been hit so many times, right? I'm not like, get hit one time and I'm like, ow! Fuck! Ow! You know? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that. Yeah, like, time out. Like, you know, you just don't have the time for that. You get hit and then within a second, you're worrying about the next ones that come. I mean, it doesn't register to you unless it's like a knockout punch or unless it's like a grievous bodily injury. Like, you get your nose broken, your jaw broken, your orbital broken liver shot combo like unless it's a, a devastating shot or a knockout shot you're not like oh like you know but with all these guys they look so surprised and that is the look of a charlatan if they're <laughs> a martial arts master it's a charlatan but tai chi is not a martial art so i don't understand what I was expected here it is it doesn't involve sparring it's not combat related it's mostly kata Right? Yeah. It's mostly like practicing forms, which is cool if that's what you're into. It's, art, it's artistic. It's not fighting. <laughs> it's not fighting. I'm sorry, but it's not. You know, if you're, I don't care if you're doing kung fu, karate, whatever martial art there is, if it's kata, it's not fighting. It's cool. It looks good. You can get good at shadow boxing, which is what shadow boxing is. If you don't box, then you yeah. shadow box, right? If I sit here and I'm throwing punches and I'm slipping, you know, and I'm rolling and I'm firing and stuff, that's cool. But until I'm doing that to a person, but, but don't, it don't, work. don't do that and then be like, oh, I can probably take yeah, an I can probably fuck this fight up. now. You know, I'm my amazing. favorite bit is I can probably take an MMA forest. Uh, for, sorry, MMA fight. MMA in forest. A forest. Oh, okay. No, the forest in the forest is bizarre <laughs> yeah. where it is. Like, oh yeah, that's true. Pull it up again. Fuck? Pull it up. It is like in the middle of a. It's like something out of Kung it, Fu Are they in a cage? They're, They're in a, a cage. cage. Oh, God. In the middle of a forest. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> it's just bizarre. I, love I mean, it. this one's not as bad as, as the other ones, but this one I'm actually okay with because I know a lot of people shit on this guy. Apparently, he's been fucked in China. Oh, yeah. The authorities hate him. Yeah, the authorities hate him. Chinese he's had his, his bank accounts locked up because, you know, in China, they can do that, right? I mean, they can just freeze up your bank accounts. It's all government <laughs> stuff. And if, you know, and China respects, which is rightfully so, the historic culture of all of the martial arts, like uh, Tai Chi or Kung Fu, if you're just doing katas, right? Like those things are worth protecting and they're still great martial arts if they're used as a meditation, if they're used as a form of yoga. Oh, just as a way to stay healthy. As a way to exercise. Yeah. In those contexts, it's totally worth preserving. I'm not shitting on that at all. But if you think you can fight, you are very naive and foolish. So I'm in that context, I'm happy that he's exposing people but i haven't been happy with how he's exposed some of the other guys in the past i mean he's straight up knocked out uncles yeah old grandpas old man. 50 yeah like you don't need to, if i were gonna do that 
there would be so many ways for me to beat these guys in a completely nonviolent manner. I mean, if I'm fighting a 50-year-old Tai Chi guy who can, thinks he can shoot Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha waves at me, like, I just, I can deal with that guy with grace and humility and completely nonviolently and get the point across, right? You know, I'm going to move around a little bit. I'm going to fake a punch. I'm going to double leg him. I'm going to mount him, pin his arms over his head and be like, what now? Yeah. And he can turn his back and I'll put the choke on and I'll squeeze for a second and then I'll release it and I'll let him roll and I'll be like, what now? And then I'm going to get him on top of me, sweep him over, get him and be like, what now? And it's with that, he's not going to be hurt and he's going to realize that he is not competent in martial arts, right? I yeah. Mean, there's, that's <laughs> you, what you you're going to shatter his illusion. That's what you need to do because then it gives dignity and grace to the thing that you're trying to do. Why the fuck are you going to beat up a grandpa? Like that is so against the point of what you're trying to do. Especially when, if this guy is trained, he can do that easily with no violence necessary. Yeah. And that sends a stronger point. That's like uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, right? Like you can have the Black Panthers walking out with their machine guns, taking them to the city capital. Or if you're getting beaten up, you can just cover your head and can be completely nonviolent. Which one sends a better image? Yeah. The nonviolence. Because if you beget violence on nonviolent people, people fucking hate that. Everyone knows it. People are repulsed by it. So if I'm dealing with a martial arts masker and I can disarm him completely nonviolently, that sends such a stronger image and a better, a better, I don't know, just image of the sport. And it keeps the philosophy of martial arts that we're all taught when we're kids intact. Yeah. Right. Which is to not escalate to the point where no. if you don't need to kill them, why would you? Right. Or yeah. maim them or hurt them or any of that shit. So, I'm conflicted on this guy. I still talk to him on the podcast. If you want to come on, dude, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please tell us about all like the old masters you've head kicked and stuff like that. I'm definitely into it. I wonder if I can do that to him. I don't, I don't know because I've never actually seen him MMA. For, I mean, obviously, he knows what he's doing. I, but I've never I don't seen think he's a black belt fight. in jiu-jitsu, though. <laughs> I'm, I'd, be, I'd be a doubt in that. I'm doubting he's had the grappling training I've had. I don't know. Maybe I should challenge him. You challenge him and see what's yeah. up. Yeah, okay, come to this. I wouldn't call myself a master. I would call myself an expert. No, know? the move is pretend you're a master and can throw fireballs and shit like that. And then when he shows up, double leg him and see what's up. Or just see if he's willing to try against somebody who actually knows what they're doing instead of some fucking old men. <laughs> you know? So anyway, guys, if you like this idea, please find him. I'll pay for his flight to come to Singapore. I will, 100%. I'll film it. We'll do the same challenge. I would 100% do this, by the way, <laughs> if he's willing to do it. And I won't be mad. I'm not, we'll just do it. Gracie fucking challenge style, right? Yeah. You know, like MMA or whatever. I'd be down for that. I hope his cardio is good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't get tired too. Bad. I'm not 50 fucking year old. Whatever. I'm not a master, but I'm, a, I'm, to, to make it I'm interesting pretty proficient. Well, but to make it interesting, we can probably find some crazy old guy who thinks he can fight if he wants to do that as well to make it nah, worth his time. I, just, I wanted to fight a guy like a, a normal aged guy that's like, you know, can still compete. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll sponsor it. I don't know if anyone message him. Let's get a let's get a prize ready. Kickstarter. See if this guy will come to Singapore and on the Stronghold podcast have an MMA exhibition sparring fight with somebody who actually knows how to fight. And I won't be a dick. I mean, I'm preaching. I'll preach what I'll do. What I'm preaching, which is if I can, maybe he's better than me. If I can, I'll beat him without hurting him badly. You know, try to get some, some, I'll throw some punches and kicks and stuff, but I, you know, I'm not going to knock him out. I won't, but I'll choke him if he turns his back. 
I'll sweep him. And I'll throw the punches to set the stuff up, but I won't hurt him because that's not how I roll. So anyway, that'd be fun. <laughs> cool, okay. I'll, I'll film it. All right, everybody. Well, on that note, God, that'd be so fun. I'm totally down for this idea. This is like my version of like a Jake Paul, Logan Paul idea, but based in Asia. Based right? in Asia. Find this dude who wants to beat up all these old masters and then pay for him to fly and come out and see if he can do it to like someone his own age, <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're looking for sponsors as well, so but preferably some sort of beer sponsor is what we'd be after. I mean, this is a yeah, I mean, beer sponsored exactly. Yeah, hey, this is a brilliant idea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, if anyone's got Logan Paul or uh, Jake Paul, just you know, shoot him this idea. Anyway, God, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was fun, man. That was a good podcast. I enjoyed that. Shall we finish up here? Yep. All right, everybody, this is the Stronghold Podcast. We'll have some technique videos coming for you soon. Um, this is episode 41 of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe if you want to follow me. Sorry. If you want to follow me online, Lucas Leisure, Facebook, Instagram, or you can follow the gym, SG Stronghold on Instagram. All right, everybody, Stronghold Podcast, episode 41 in the books. Jake, the producer, thank you, my man. Thank you. It's been fun. Another good one. And we are out.